0: Today, I want to talk to you about how to trust your spouse more without being a victim. Are you always on guard because you don't trust your spouse? Have you been repeatedly deceived? What can you do rather than just being patient and forgiving? If you can't trust your spouse, you won't feel in love. Your becoming secure can put that trust piece back in. I don't think anyone wants to go throughout their day with some gut feeling that their spouse is up to something. The more we have been deceived, the less we are going to trust, though. The less we trust, the less we enjoy our relationship, and the less our spouse enjoys us. Emotional distance will then increase, and then that becomes a vicious cycle. The end results of this cycle, this cycle of distrust, can be either a high-conflict relationship or a loveless, dispassionate one. I want to help you end this cycle of distrust so that you can have a closer marriage and trust your spouse more. Step one is realizing that blame is not a tool for relationship improvement. Note that I didn't say that your spouse is not to blame. Your spouse may well be to blame for everything, although you likely played a part by having poor boundaries. Blame helps us to feel better about ourselves. It sure does. But it doesn't actually improve our relationship. I would love it if blame improved our relationship. Imagine the following exchange. You say, you lied to me and are to blame for our failing marriage. Your spouse says, thank you so much for letting me know that. I will get right on to changing my ways and restoring our relationship. Would that be great if that's how it (laughs) works? Well, in actuality, blaming works no better than criticism. You know what criticism is, right? It's telling your spouse what you don't like about what he or she does. Do you know counselors actually recommend that you do that? Tell your spouse what you don't like about him or her, but... If you do that, just like blame, it only results in a defensive reaction and greater distance from your spouse. You don't need to take my word for it. Go give them a try. Blame your spouse or criticize your spouse. Take your pick. See how helpful it actually is. If it doesn't work, then come back here and learn a better way. Or keep doing it. But once you know something doesn't work, and you keep doing it, then you have to realize that you are part of the problem. As a coach, I teach people better ways so that they can be part of the solution, regardless of who caused the problems. Step two, determine which type of mindset you have. Let me tell you about these. With a deceptive spouse, it's easy to develop an insecure mindset. We have an insecure mindset if we actively look for signs of deception. It can also result in asking questions of your spouse to test or check for deception. Although you may feel reassured when you don't find evidence, your spouse will sense the distrust and it will damage your relationship. Seeking reassurance is one of the most common signs of neediness. We can also have an insecure mindset even if our spouse is completely trustworthy. How does that happen, you ask? Well, let me tell you. It can happen because we have been betrayed by others that we had relationships with in the past. Insecure mindsets are characteristic of needy people. They didn't make themselves this way. Someone else made them this way. You are not to blame if you are insecure, but you are responsible for becoming secure. No amount of reassurances from other people will ever make you a secure person. You will need to overcome neediness by yourself to develop a secure mindset and secure behavior. The more secure you are, the less anybody will dare to lie to you, cheat you, or mistreat you. Insecure people are insecure because they believe that they will not be able to handle problems if they happen. Thinking something like, I would be devastated if. Secure people know that bad things will sometimes happen, but they don't live in fear of that. They have a strong faith, a plan B, and skills to deal with problems. As a result, they are both more relaxed and more successful. They are also very attractive. Step 3. Develop a secure mindset. Don't confuse a secure mindset with optimistic thinking. Optimistic thinking is a belief that everything will work out all right. It will help you live a happier life until problems come along. Then you will be ill-prepared to deal with them. As a result, problems will be more devastating. Don't be an optimistic thinker. Be a secure thinker. A secure mindset happens because of preparation and by successfully managing problems. The more we do those two things, the more secure we will be. We will have fewer problems and we will deal with them better without constantly seeking reassurance. Here are some examples of an insecure mindset, an optimistic mindset, and a secure mindset. Listen to the differences between these three mindsets. Here's an example of thinking with an insecure mindset. I better continually check and recheck my home for any signs of danger. Here's an example of an optimistic mindset. My house will never be damaged and I don't need to think about it. I can just focus on other things. And here's an example of a secure mindset. I maintain my house well and my insurance and emergency savings will completely cover whatever damage happens to my house. I want you to notice the preparation with the secure mindset example. Maintenance, buying insurance, and having emergency savings. Without those, it would not be possible to be as secure. Let me give you an example for each of these mindsets using relationship thinking. Insecure mindset. I'd better monitor my spouse's texts, comings and goings, and ask many questions to make sure I am not being lied to or cheated on. Here's an example of an optimistic mindset in relationships. My spouse will always be faithful and love me no matter what I do. And here's an example of a secure mindset with relationship thinking. I maintain my marriage well with good connection skills and by remaining attractive. My spouse would be foolish to cheat on me, because I could then find someone better. Again, notice the preparation with the secure mindset example. Maintaining connection and staying attractive. Doing those things while also not being fearful about losing the marriage will help to prevent their spouse from lying or cheating. Insecure people are lied to and cheated on a lot. That's because their spouses have learned... That while their behavior may make their spouse angry, it won't result in losing their relationship or in any lasting boundaries either. Security comes from a strong faith, good skills, and a plan B. I'm sure you didn't write that down. Let me say it again. Security comes from a strong faith, good skills, and a plan B. Weak, unprepared, unskilled, and fearful people are the most common victims of everything. If your spouse sees you this way, you will have set yourself up to be a victim. Instead, you can be loving, prepared, skilled, and secure. You will not argue, criticize, or blame. You will treat your spouse very well. And you will use very good boundaries if your spouse treats you or your relationship poorly. Question for you. Do you have these skills? There is a particular set of skills that will help you to be secure in relationships. I have for you not an exhaustive list, but some really important things. If you don't have these things, you are not going to be secure. One of these skills you must have is connection skills. Connection skills are what make other people feel you are similar and makes them want to be with you. I feature these skills in my reconnections coaching package. Second set of skills that are necessary for good relationships are having good boundaries. Boundaries are what make other people respect you and stop any damage they are doing. This skill is featured in my difficult spouse's coaching package. The third set of skills which is important for maintaining a relationship is attractiveness skills. Attractiveness is what makes you a more desirable catch for your spouse than the next person. Attractiveness makes the difference between being friends and having romance. I feature this skill in my Ending a Spouse's Affair coaching package. Now, if you actually get coaching with me, you'll find you can get all three skills in whatever package you get. It's just that each of these skills is emphasized more or less in these particular packages. If you are good at all three of these skills, connection, attraction, and boundaries, then your spouse is far less likely to cheat on you or do other damaging things. Work on your own or with a coach until you can do these three things well. Then you will no longer live in fear of what your spouse may do, and you will have a much better relationship as well. Thank you for listening to Reconciling Marriages with Coach Jack. Visit CoachJackIto.com to learn more skills for reconnecting with your spouse and restoring your marriage.